What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson, and you are tuned in to another episode of Christianity Now. Christianity Now is the podcast where we talk about contemporary issues that are facing the Lord's church, and we got one for you today. It's called Wrap Up Smear. So we're going to have a little bit of a conversation about uh, cancel culture and such, but more specifically, the more nefarious practice of the wrap up smear. And I think I can, I can come up with at least one example of how, uh, with, with a specific individual where the wrap up smear was used and yeah, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tactic employed by dishonest, manipulative, uh, dark triad Machiavellian people. Mm in order to get their own way. So yeah, I, I'm, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been cooking this for a few weeks, Aaron. So <laughs> hope, hopefully it's, hopefully it's a good show. Hopefully we, we give the, the listeners, uh, something to chew on. And I would love to see, uh, action behavior like this. Absolutely nipped in the bud, zero tolerance and all that good stuff. Yep. Um, before we get into the podcast and, and, and I turn it over to, to our host, Aaron, um, I got some wonderful news on our, uh, Canadian front up here. Uh, you haven't heard me talk a lot about be a mindful soul.com because so effective were our ads that Labeth's uh, client roster was full. She couldn't take any more clients. Uh, but now she is, uh, got her license here in new brunswick that is official she's got her license her license in, is in hand uh she's a licensed counseling therapist dash candidate uh she has to take uh she has to have 25 hours of supervision under a government certified canadian supervisor it's exactly the way that it is in the states um the so labeth is also a licensed practicing counselor uh, licensed in the state of Arkansas. And I can't remember the designation, but before she was a licensed practicing counselor, she was an LPC dash something, which meant it, it was a provisional license. Uh, she had to function under supervision. So once she, uh, which she had to have like over a hundred hours of counseling supervision. And then, uh, her license was graduated to the LPC, uh, which, but, in so Canada. she's, so oh, she's done this before. Oh yeah. 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 And, and <clears throat> in fact, uh, they fast tracked her. And from my understanding, uh, she is not just designated as a LCT dash C, which is a licensed counseling therapist dash candidate, but she is an LCT dash C and she's in the category of experienced licensed counseling therapist. Yep. So we can hang a shingle right on our door that says therapy and Labeth can now take clients, uh, personally, and we're going next week. Uh, there's some office space and stuff downtown where it's like modular and you can rent office space. So she, yeah, she, she's doing that. I think, um, yeah. And that's going to be a game changer, you know, financially. So yep. plus it's, it's a way, um, it, it's, it's a way to build inroads into the community to help the congregation grow. Yeah. 
That's cool. cool. Yeah. I mean, that we, I mean, we just found that out within the last 48 hours. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's great. And if, if, if you're interested in mental health focused, uh, content with a spiritual religious bend to it, Christianity bend to it, go to www.beamindfulsoul.com and LaBeth can't take you on as a client right now, uh, because her roster is full and we're going to be <coughs> focusing on this, but, uh, she, she does offer, um, content that's behind a paywall. You can be kept, be a subscriber and stuff like that. And yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, that's all awesome. to us, man. What's going oh, on? Man, I, uh, we're doing good. Uh, excited about the show today. As always, it's always a good opportunity to learn and grow and, and, uh, trying to be like these is car boys. They had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So, uh, my ears always open to yeah. know what I ought to do. Well, and, I, I'm uh, thinking, I'm thinking about this one. I mean, th- this one, I hope it resonates with people yeah. and I hope it it's transformative and will help people recognize whenever this pervasive and pernicious behavior is taking place. And I hope it's, I hope it's vindicating in, in that. I hope that if it's happened to you, you will now have nomenclature and at least be able to identify what is going on. Could that possibly be included in like maladaptive behavior? I've been doing a little research on maladaptive behavior recently. Well, so maladaptive behavior is a broad it topic. Is. Like yeah. if, if, um, like if you get frustrated at a video game, if your coping mechanism is to slam your fist down on your leg and, and hurt your leg, that's maladaptive. Yeah. Well, there, there's better coping mechanisms. Right. So there's pathological maladaptive, and then there's, there's just healthy coping mechanisms yeah. or healthy actions. Yeah. So I, I don't know that you would actually apply the term maladaptive to, uh, what we're going to talk about today, but it's definitely, it's definitely pathological. Kissing it's, first it, cousins or something. <laughs> well, I don't know that I'd even say it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it, like malad, technically, yes, maladaptive behavior is pathological and it's bad, but it's when we're talking about something like this, it's almost redundant to call it. In other words, I don't know if in, in, in the, the world of mental health professionals that they would call, well, that's maladaptive behavior Yeah, because typically connotatively maladaptive behavior is associated with what people do to coping mechanisms. Yeah. 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 And again, that's without yeah, getting too that, deep and esoteric. Yeah. That's generic, but it's specific too. So this is, yeah. but we're, yeah. All right. Uh, so you've got the verse already. You, you said it. We want to be uh, sons yep. of Issachar. That's right. First Chronicles and, uh, 1232. Yeah. They had understanding of the times. Well, as we get into our show and I, I have a, before we watch the video that's associated with the show, I do want to ask everybody. Are you a part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisement for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. Her, well, I, her, her contact information is on the screen. And... Ask her for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact Lindsay Dotson today, and she will do a great job for your uh, church event or your 
uh, social media event. All right. John Exham. That's right. And Lindsay Dotson is here. Good morning. And, uh, yeah, we need, hold on a second. Let me get into the chat. Um, we need more time talking about the gospel than having, uh, fried preacher and grilled elder sessions. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and let all builder bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander be put away from you. That's it. Ephesians four thirty one through 32. And hello, Robert Leedich. Good to see you. Jason Goldtraps. Good morning. Good to see you. Well, Aaron, let's watch the video. Yeah, put it on. I'm ready and to go. And morning, fellas. Well, good morning to you. All right, here's the video. And this is going to look wonky here. i got to adjust it. it. We call it the wrap-up smear. You want to talk politics? We call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this, so they have that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic, and it's, it's, it's self-evident. Did you get anything out of that? I don't know if the sound was wonky or yeah, not. Yeah, I, I, I could hear it. It was, a, it was kind of, the video was small to see, but yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> basically, it's Nancy Pelosi talking about the wrap-up smear. And it's like these people, I'm, I'm going to take this off. Sound like she said her, basically her opponents validate themselves and act like things they claim are true in different ways so that they can. Mm, no. So okay. let me, let okay. me, yeah, that's the, the, I should have, I should have found a better video. The, that, that video wasn't mixed. Well, the sound for the video kind of muddied her speech. Okay. So let me explain the wrap up smear. All right. First off, there's four steps to the wrap-up smear. It's fabrication or misrepresentation. So creating or taking statements, actions, or events out of context concerning the targeted individual. So think about what they did in, uh, where was it? Was it North Carolina or South Carolina with, with the Trump saying there's really good people on both sides of the debate. Yeah. Right, Charlottesville, you, Virginia, or Charlottesville, yeah. North Carolina, or I was thinking Virginia, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a Charlottesville, Virginia, is it? Anyway, know. it doesn't matter. It was about Confederate statues. Yeah, and Trump said, you know, there there's really good people on both sides. If you just let the clip play, he explicitly states, "Now I'm not talking about white supremacists. <laughs> I'm not." But the 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 media took that quote out of context and said, look, there's really good people on both sides. Well, there was people on the left and people on the right, and some of the people that are on the right that wanted to preserve the statues were white supremacists. So therefore, Trump is saying that some white supremacists are really good. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's the wrap-up smear. So what happens is you have that fabrication or misrepresentation, so that, that clip is taken out of context, then it's amplified by the media. So using various media platforms to circulate this misleading information widely. All right. Me media amplification. And what will happen is they will have one person run the story. And then all of the other people will quote the, the one person. And that way it's not liable Well, nobody's lying. I didn't say Trump said this. I said, Trump is quoted as saying this. Yeah. 
Well, okay. So that's media application. Then you have political or communal endorsement, gaining endorsements or confirmations from others who echo these false narratives, adding to its perceived credibility. So that that's where these, um, that's where these, uh, that's where it gets spun up in this 24 hour news cycle. We're like, you know, well, there's very good people on both sides. So you had one or two people, um, report on that. Then it gets amplified and then it gets circulated on social media and it gets adopted by a certain segment of the demographic. And now it's, it's ingrained into the people's thinking. And you'll see these man on the street videos where people go and they'll say, Hey, did Donald Trump say that there were, uh, white supremacists that were good people, good people. And, and they'll say, well, yes, he did. And, it's, it's, <laughs> and, 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 it, and they still do that, even though it's absolutely been proven wrong. And all you got to do is listen to 10 more seconds of the video clip. All right. Wow. Now you got number four, but the, so it just brings us number four, public perception, the public, or in the case of the church, the congregation begins to view the targeted person through the lens of the false narrative causing lasting harm to the reputation. I cannot tell you how many, ma and all you got to do is just get out there and look for it. Go on YouTube, go on TikTok, look up these man on the street videos. And it's people going to other folks saying, is Donald Trump a racist? Yes or no. Yes. He's a racist. Yes. He's a racist. And, and the question is, well, can you tell me one thing he said or done that is racist? Nothing. Yeah. If they, if, if they cite something, they cite, well, he did say that there were really good people on both sides of the statue debate and he called white supremacists then really good people. Yeah. And, and that's how, that's, that's how these things happen. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, it's focused and you don't have, and, and th this, I can't remember who said this, but in order for, you don't have to have a formal <coughs> conspiracy theory whenever oh how did i can't remember the the quote i'm gonna have to go back on my timeline uh you don't need a formal conspiracy theory when agendas converge that's not the quote but that's close enough to it um come on now. what was Where it is, what was it a meme or something no it, no it's just a quote that i shared and um here's a video online you don't need a conspiracy when interests converge that's it it's a yeah. YouTube video with uh, maybe Ron Paul, maybe. Uh, that well, there's uh, the the person that said it was the comedian, and I can't remember, but yeah. But anyway, that's the one. You don't need a formal conspiracy when interests converge. So what we're talking about today, you know, we're not wearing ten full hats, and and like, well, everybody in all the media and all the government got together as a cabal behind closed doors and said, here's what we're going to do to Trump, George Carlin. Thank you very much, Barry. Um, so we're, we're, they didn't meet and formally say, here's what we're going to do to Donald Trump, but their interest, all of them were converged. And this is how they get the job done that they want to get done. Yep. And it's not just, I mean, I use Donald Trump because that's the easiest one, but I know of at least one person that's happened to in the church. Not because we're Trumpians. Sorry. I know. Oh man, that, that makes me I, so mad. 
Yeah, what we have said, like, you, first off, if, if you didn't know anything other than me and about me and Aaron, except what we're talking about today, you could not discern whether or not we approved or disapproved of Donald Trump. Right. Because all we're doing is like, we're saying, look, he said there are really good people on both sides of the debate. And then in the very next breath, he said, but I'm not talking about white supremacists. Yeah. So regardless of what you think about Donald Trump, if you say that he said, or if, if you say that he will not denounce white supremacy, then you're a liar and the truth is not in you. And you are a son of your father, Satan, because he was a liar from the beginning. Well, and people, he's the father well, of lies. People catch on to things that are in the media. That's, you know, that's, that's people catch on to that in the, in the media and they keep, you know, keep it going. Yes. But like um, you said, the same is true even in the church. Yes. And, and it's a good weapon, Aaron. Maybe that's, I guess you'd say, the spiritual just application of of what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, Smearing, we see it happening. You know. I think of what happened with Dave Miller. Yeah. Look, now, he, he repented. He Dave Miller, I think, is a perfect example. For those of you who don't know, Dave Miller, uh, the former uh, director of Apologetics Press, um, he said something offhand in a class that it, 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 he admittingly had not really thought through or fleshed out. And let me tell you what I think happened. Well, I don't think it, I know it. I pieced this together and I'm convicted and convinced that this is how it went down. He said something offhand, the quote unquote powers that be didn't like it. And so they challenged him in a way that was, was unbecoming of a Christian brother and his Dave Miller's reaction was to dig in and double down, which so often happens. Does it not? You know, if, if, I mean, there's, there, there's been things in my walk of faith that I no longer believe that I used to believe that if someone had come at me, the way people came at Dave Miller it's very possible I would have dug in and hunkered down. Yeah. We do but tend I, to do that. Yes. It's human nature, human nature. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> what happened is what he said was blown out of proportion, taken out of context and over applied. And then all of these brotherhood publications that contend for the faith once delivered to all the saints wrote articles about it. Yeah. They had lectureships about it. And so it was amplified. And then because of that, the leadership of autonomous congregations were able to point to these sources and point to these brothers that are preeminent that, uh, that speak at all these lectureships. So this idea about Dave Miller gained endorsements because of this confirmation from these people who were just echoing the false narrative. And it was adding to the credibility to the accusation that Dave Miller was teaching dogmatically that we should and must reaffirm or reconfirm elders after a certain amount of time. Yeah. yeah. All right. And, maybe and now he was the, just talking about accountability. Than I, and I, th in the beginning, that's all he was talking. Now he yeah. admittingly, he <clears throat> went too far with this because of how he was pushed. So I'm not, 
Dave Miller repented of some things, so I'm not taking that from him. But then you have the public perception. Now the public perception is um, that he's he's forever tainted by this reputation. In fact, it was just a few years ago that um, I was in a private message with somebody, and I said, I can't believe these people are going after Dave Miller like they are. There was a whole Facebook group that there were two or three threads talking about Dave Miller being a false teacher. Mm. And, um, the guy in the private message group with me, in other words, we were battle buddies. We were in the trenches. We were serving together. And he was like, well, you know, Dave Miller, um, Dave Miller is a false teacher. It's been proven. I said, I think you need to go talk to the man himself. And the very next message was, I don't need to go confirm something with a known false teacher. It's already confirmed. And I'm like, that's the thing. No, it's not. Who is it confirmed by is that's what we're talking about here. Yes. Well, that's why this wrap up smear is so effective. It, it happened to Paul too. That that's, that's the thing we could talk about Paul and the way the Judah, the Judaizers, you know, lied about him and made false accusations about him. Yeah. Well, Galatians, Galatians yeah. deals with that as well. You know, he yeah. actually says if, if I was preaching X, then why, why, why are these people trying to kill me? Yeah. You know, yeah, you could see it. A lot of it in first and second Corinthians, they were often trying to undermine his apostleship authority. And yeah, the more they, that these Judaizers lied about him, you know, they would point to what those people were saying about him. Yep. As as evidence that he was not valid, you know. Of course, there were other things they said about him too. We could talk about, but I'm with you. Just like um, his, his being a, a later apostle and things like that. Yes. And uh, so, hey, hey, Alabama says you tell what you're doing, but say it's the other side doing it. The media, t- the media takes it and runs with it. So yeah, and that that happens a lot. A lot of times, um, what people do of this ilk is, and I'm not saying this would happen with Dave Miller, but a lot of times what people do of this ilk, they accuse the other, the quote unquote other side of doing the things that they themselves are doing, which goes back to Matthew chapter seven, get the speck out of, or get the beam out of your own eye before you try to get the speck out of your brothers. Yes. Boy, I tell you, I'm that the, the sermon that I'm preaching this Sunday is, are you without sin? And, uh, from the sermon outline, I wrote an article for Substack. I hope that doesn't downrank us in the algorithm. We're <laughs> yeah. trying not to mention any other platforms yeah. or any platforms, but anyway, the place where you get articles from us, it's over here on the left side of the screen. Yeah. Um, it's called, are you without sin? And the point I make from the, where, where the, the men bring the woman caught in adultery is like, why are you, why are you bringing this up? I mean, look, David admitted that he was wrong. Yeah. All right. Wait, who? who? Yeah, Dave, Dave Miller. Uh, Dave Miller admitted he was wrong and he repented. So why are you, why, why do you keep bringing it up? And, you know, I don't know all the details of that situation. I didn't do a lot of homework on it. Wasn't connected sure. to it, but it was probably the case that some of the things that he said were not wrong. You know, like that's a, the some spirit of the things, probably of what some he of the things. Yeah, there may have been a few principles that he said that were right, but then he added yeah. to it, you know, things that maybe he went a little farther than he th- 
thought he would or yeah. later changed his mind to think that's not exactly well, the right way, the right thing. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, you and I aren't exactly in the golden years of our preaching career. No. We, we've not been doing this as long as a Tom Holland. Yeah, or Dave Miller even. Or a Dave mean, Miller. He's but been preaching for a long time. In the amount of years you've been occupying a pulpit and have been setting yourself out as a teacher of the gospel, have you ever had to walk something back? Yes. Me I too. Have. Yep. I used to be 100% convinced that God and Jesus came out of fellowship with one another on the cross. And that's why the earth was darkened for six hours. Yeah. Yeah. I was fully convinced. I've had to change my mind on that. Yeah. And now that's not going to send me to hell. I understand, but, but that's just the first thing that come to mind. <coughs> yeah. I tell you something else I've had to change my mind on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Yeah. Before I really learned what that was, I was like, well, that obviously doesn't apply to people who are not Christians. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's got to apply to people that are not Christians or it doesn't apply at all. Yes. You know, because th th that means two Muslims couldn't get married. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, know? and it's right. Yeah. And it's right to change your mind when you realize otherwise from study. That's the thing, you know, we've in recent times, we've done some videos like on people that are just progressive, you know, they're just, oh, we change our mind now on something the Bible clearly teaches. But yes, you know, but it's another thing to have the actual evidence in God's word to know I must change my mind about this. I, yeah. I, usually what happens is just like we it's because we hear it a certain way. We were taught that I could never defend that idea that Jesus was forsaken by God. But there was in years past, I thought that, too. And I, the main reason is because that's what I always heard. And, and, and the I people, like, and so I tried to figure out what that meant. Yeah. Well, and, and I was emotionally, I changed my mind. I was emotionally attached to it. Yeah. I mean, the first time I heard it, it made me weep because I'm like, yeah, well, he, he lost fellowship with God. So I'd never have to. And his loss of fellowship is so much more potent than mine because he knows what actual unadulterated, unmitigated, pure fellowship yep. with god is <clears throat> yeah boy i mean it, it makes for yeah. a really good it makes for a really good invitation yeah one of the it, early just times, not substantive one of the early things that i heard that cemented that bad idea in my mind was just the whole you know well romans 8 says we can't be separated from god but jesus was willing to be separated from god god you know separated himself from his own son but he won't forsake you you know that that's and such, oh, that's the ooh, way Yeah, I, I know now, the more I've studied that and all Hush the different your mouth, verses, don't say those words again, <laughs> that's all going to turn the whole podcast into Matthew 27, 46. <laughs> I know we don't not meaning to do that. We're just trying to show you, you know, and, and you can and, change your mind and change and, your position because, yes, and because Aaron, of further study along that line. I, I, I don't, I don't doodle to organize my thoughts. I speak. Like yeah. when I write an article, it's stream of consciousness. It's like I'm speaking. Yeah. So then I got to go back and, and reorganize it. Yeah. All right. Sometimes when I you know, <laughs> think about doing a podcast every day for the last five years, just about. Yeah. I've got hours upon hours of material out there. Mm -hmm. There have been times where I have sat down to do a podcast that as I am doing a cogitations episode. As I am speaking through my planned material, you go, you go, Oh, wait, I, I don't know if I believe that. Yes. <laughs> I know. I've heard you do that before. Yes. 
And, and, and here's the thing. But shouldn't we be honest and do that should. when it's needed? Yes. I mean, why wouldn't we? Yes. And so, so unromantic am I yeah. about my conclusions that I can't even tell you a good example of when I did it because once I change my mind, it's gone. I don't care about what I changed my mind from. Yeah. Only cared about what my mind is now because I trust me enough to know that the convictions I hold now have been scrutinized and peer reviewed and all of that good stuff. Yep. I mean, the Bible teaches that to test or prove all things. No, to only surely hold, not. To only hold fast what is good. First Thessalonians 5.21. A person that sees testing things and scrutinizing things as a threat, that's a problem. Like, the Bible teaches us to do that. Make, makes for a religiously or spiritually codependent congregation, does it not? It does. And, and, and sadly, from my experience, there are, it seems like a lot of the older generations before me, and I'm not talking about any one person or the congregation where I'm at, just, uh, you know, in many different encounters I've had, the older generations, it was, it was partly societal. It was don't question. If you question, that's irreverent. Yeah, That means you don't trust God. You don't have faith. And I've actually heard parents tell children when children ask hard questions, well, you just got to have faith. Well, it's like, wait a minute. You got to explain what faith is and what evidences God has given. You can't just tell a 16, 18 year old kid, dad, how come the apocryphal books aren't in the Bible? Well, you just got to have faith. That, you know, yeah. It's like, well, no, there's more to it than that. Yeah. Aaron, whenever I was a child, sixth grade or so, I guess I would have been 10. I started kindergarten when I was four. I turned uh, five in October. So I guess what? Sixth grade, I'd have been around 10. In a Sunday school class, I was asking questions about evolution and creation. And I didn't feel like the Bible adequately explained the origin of species and how we got here and how we are who we are today. Yeah. Obviously I was wrong, but instead of, and, and I, 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 I don't want to sound arrogant. <coughs> I think I was able to articulate. I was a better evolution, an evolutionary apologist than the Bible teacher was an evolutionary refuter. Now they, they were, they would have been a good Bible apologist, but they just weren't, nobody at the time really was studied in how to really count counteract that teaching. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the last hundred years and just in this country and the brotherhood at large, I mean, yeah, I mean, the apologetics press stuff's only been around for what, 40 and, and uh, let me tell you years. something. I'm not just simping for apologetics press, but I wonder if they understand exactly how much cement they have poured into the foundation yep. of Christianity. Yeah. I really like apologetics press and what they do because now I don't, I don't feel like any, uh, Bible Sunday school teacher worth their salt would have had any issue explaining away what I was asking. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But at the time, the person addressed the class and said, don't be like him. This is an example of somebody yeah. who has lost their faith. Yeah. And I mean, that, that, that affected me for years. Yeah. 
Yeah. AP has a great New King James Version study Bible as well. Yeah. 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 And I disagree with him on what the gift of the Holy Spirit is. So there. <laughs> yeah. But you still, I, I still think it's a good work. I still think it's a good work. Yeah. I I, there's John's, uh, I imagine some of my shadow ban, someone may shadow ban me because of my view of the gift of the Holy Spirit. These things ought not so to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so anyway, but, but this idea, this happens in the church. And I, I think about a, a passage of scripture in Proverbs that, again, talking about apologetics press, um, one of the reasons why we need to teach Christian apologetics is so our young people don't have, I don't know what this cognitive bias is called, but you are prone to believe the thing that you hear first. And that's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. So the idea there is when you go before a judge, the, the, the thing that the judge hears first is what the judge is most likely to hear. Yeah. And that's why you have scrutiny and cross-examination and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. Talking about scrutinizing things, uh, Stephen Ford and I encountered an individual here in town. Uh, we went to lunch together. And we encountered, he's in town doing a, doing a meeting. We encountered an individual that made some comments. Uh, they had a tattoo actually on their arm that was yep. the Michelangelo thing, you know, the fingers. Yeah, the God and man. Yeah. And we, we asked about it like as a conversation, you know, and, and, and the individual made the comment something about um, how that did not necessarily represent something religious for them. You know, okay, and and it just is like the art of Michelangelo and that kind of thing. So after they walked away from the table, you know, and later when they bring in our food, I was sitting there talking to him. I was like, I wanted to, I almost, I could have, should have, maybe said, you know, I'm just curious. Do you have any? Um, do you believe in a higher power at all? What you know? What do you think? You know, because that's the thing is like just assuming things about people. You've got to get to know people and ask them so that you can help them scrutinize those beliefs, and they can scrutinize them themselves. You know, yeah. instead of just putting somebody in a box and treating them poorly because they don't agree with the truth. You know, that's it. Scrutinization is so important. Like that is yeah. not bad. No, it's. We need in fact, to it's be, good. It's so good. We need to be asking, why do we believe what we believe? We can't just and say, well, I read it in a good Church of Christ commentary. and it's, I hate that. I, that I hate, it's not good. I hate listening to a lecturer or a Bible class teacher and recognizing the commentary from whence the material comes. Yeah. I don't like that. Or just reading a lot. You know, reading. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, you know, 50-minute class, there's one quote that, you know, takes whatever, yeah. 20 seconds. I'm not talking about that, but just, just heavily relying on the commentary. That's just, that's just not the way it needs to be. That, yeah. that and, does not help us scrutinize things. Then that gives too much credence to other people instead of scripture, I think. Yes. And Jason Goldtrap, we're not <laughs> ignoring you. I just keep bouncing back and forth. Jason's got some good comments. Um, but this last one. Just because someone wins an argument does not make their point valid. A good lawyer yep. can successfully argue that Tuesday is Saturday, but Tuesday is still Tuesday. Yep. And that, that's, that's, again, that's why you scrutinize. That's why you have to, you can't have an unhealthy codependent relationship with individuals or administer or, or um, not administrations. Um, those, those above you. I mean, no, um, <laughs> 
institutions, institutions. Yeah, yeah. Like you cannot have a a, a, a codependent relationship with the with the congregation at large. You have to differentiate yourself, and you have to be a free thinker, which means you're going to disagree with people, and there's going to be people that that, that disagree with you. Like instead instead of like studying something and just taking a census of the congregation and just aligning yeah. yourself with what they believe because you don't yeah. want to be an we, outcast we were, or something. We were taught this the last semester of our schooling. It's it's Keith Moser. He literally wrote the book on faith stages. Yeah. And most people, folks, are faith stage three. They have the ninety percent of people I would say are faith stage three. They have the, the, the maturity of faith of a teenager. Yeah. I hate to say it. Yeah. Once you graduate into faith stage four, you have usually because of some upheaval in your life, some trauma or something like that, you have differentiated yourself and you no longer get your validation from the the institution or the group at large yeah you form your own thoughts and opinions independently yeah and that institution could be just like one or two mentors or something too i'm sure sure just, well yeah so that, that would be that, that would be a codependent sway. relationship yeah. with individuals yeah or the codependent relationship with the end of with with, with a with a group of individuals like the institution the local congregation yeah like for instance um probably I would say that well, I'm not going to name names because I, 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 the, the congregation, there was a congregation where I preached before and I would say collectively that congregation believed that the gift of the Holy spirit is the prophesied outpouring of power, uh, on the day of Pentecost, yeah. also known as quote unquote, <laughs> the ability to do miracles that it is not salvation and also attending blessings, nor is it the literal non-miraculous indwelling of the Holy ghost. Okay. Could you hold very strongly a view different than the group at large and still be a member of that congregation? If you can, you're, you're not stage three. I don't think, I mean, well, you, so the, the, the lines are not, yeah. The lines are not a generally I don't think that a person would be Yeah. Well yeah. you you would be you would be a little bit farther along the path to actualization. <coughs> yeah. But you might not be in other words the the lines aren't like this they're interlaced. So yeah. you could be parts of your life be faith stage 3, parts of your life be faith stage 4. Yeah. That particular area though you would have moved from 3 to 4. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the thing it's, it's, are you able to do that? You've differentiated yourself. You're, you, you can allow people to think what they're going to think, believe what they're going to believe and just live their life. And you don't feel like you have to submit to what they say, or they have to submit to what you say. Yeah. There, there's just a ton of that in the world today, including the oh, church. Yeah. Yes. Just like, you just got to see it my way. And the people are just, they are. They just they're just set off, you know. If if they can't have it any other way, you know, if they can't get you to see it their way, you're a bad person. Like it's just that's a, right. I think that's part of the characteristics of stage three, as he would describe well, it, right? Yes, and yeah. uh, so something to think about, like politically in the world, just secular politics. 
you have the left wing and the right wing of this animal we call politics in the United States. The difference, the main difference is the left wing believes that the right wing are evil, bad people. And the right wing believes the left wing are just wrong. Yeah. You see the difference? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if, if every, if, I mean, what could you do to stop Adolf Hitler? I mean, you could shoot him. Yeah. Well, if, if, if everybody that disagrees with you is a Nazi, then what can you do to stop him? Yeah. Take him you out. And, and that, that's, that's, that's the problem with this, um, with this, uh, wrap up smear is because it others people who don't hold all of the tenants that the institution holds, you know? So it's like a way to, it's just another way of cancel culture. That's what it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely culture. a part of cancel culture, yeah. but it, again, way it's, to ostracize. it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a concerted effort. Yeah. And again, it, it doesn't have to be a formal concerted effort. It just has to be a concerted effort when enough people's, um, oh, how did I call it before? When enough people's, uh, uh, interest converge. Yeah. You know, like with Dave Miller, there, there was three or four different groups that wanted to cut the legs out from under him. They didn't, they didn't conspire with one another, but everything they did got the same result. Yeah. Work toward that end. That's it. Um, so let, let's talk about some ethical, let's, let's talk about some concerns. Um, first off, some ethical concerns with this wrap up smear. So bearing false witness against a neighbor is explicitly warned against in the Bible. The 10 commandments is listed in Exodus 20, uh, first verse 16 state that one should not bear false witness against a neighbor when a church setting where members are often considered a spiritual family. False accusations break not only ethical, but spiritual laws. Yep. And we don't understand. Well, bearing false witness, you can, I mean, how do I put this? If you perpetuate a lie and you bear false witness, even if you don't know you're bearing false witness, I think you're still guilty of bearing false witness. That's what I read in the scriptures. Yeah, I was looking at some passages, you know, about false witness, just glancing over some. There's a lot of passages, at least 11 with those exact words, false, false witness. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of them in the Proverbs, of course. Oh, man, there's no telling what you could find in the Proverbs. Yeah. And and I haven't got to it yet, but John Exum's got it. Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19. Yeah. These six things the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. Well, look at a heart that devises wicked thoughts. Yeah. Feet that hasten to run to do evil. A false witness breathing out lies. And one who spreads strife or discord yeah. among the brothers. That's, that's, yeah. That's rough. And incidentally, love. Let me, let me, you know what? I can't ever think of where this is. Uh, love covers a sin. 
That's in Proverbs and in James is. five, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is in James five. <coughs> yeah. Um, well, Proverbs 10, 12. Let me get out my trusty rusty e-sword. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirreth up strife, but love covereth all sins. When I let me, you know, that's, that's still not the one I was thinking of. Yeah, I'm looking too. There's another one. I think it's like 1918 or 1819, something like that. Seventeen nine. He who covers a transgression seeks love. That's the one. That's but the he one. who repeats a matter separates friends. Yes, that's the one. Seventeen nine. Read that again if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Now, Aaron, does that mean <laughs> that if I see you out in Jonesboro in sin and you're playing kissy poo? Yeah. With a woman that is obviously not Lindsay. And you cover that up. You just don't does, tell anybody. Does that mean, yeah, does that mean that I protect no. you in your sin? No. What it, it means, means is. Yeah. Well, you deal, uh, with you it, know, you deal with it on ground zero, you know. You, you keep it at private as long as you possibly can. Yeah. 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 Sin is bad enough and embarrassing enough as it is. Go That's to it. that brother to help restore them. That's it. Don't, don't tell other people. When you tell other people, it just makes it worse. It really right. does. It because again, worse. why are you telling the other people? What yeah. is your purpose? Well, I want them to pray for them. That's not the formula. You don't. No. Matthew no. chapter 18. That's not the formula. You don't. Not the formula at all. When I find out Tony's in sin, it's not to get other people to pray for him. It's to go to him. Yeah. I mean, eventually at some point, if, if many witnesses go to him and he says, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Yeah. You can tell the brethren, pray for him. That man is in sin. Yeah. Well, pray I mean, that something will happen that he'll repent. The ultimate end is <clears throat> you get him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason. Not exactly sure what the yeah comments about. I know I do not agree with it. I think it's wrong. the The giants in Genesis six were not they they, they the they were just fellers of men. F e l l e r s. They were warriors and murderers and yeah. There's no supernatural. There's never been a you just have to draw too many assumptions. You have to assume a, that mate uh, angels, spiritual beings can actually mate with a human. Yeah. And then your second assumption is that the offspring would actually biologically have in their DNA, spiritual powers. Like it, it just, it doesn't pass the sniff test. It's Yeah. My my suggestion is throw that foolishness away, and I don't mean to be insulting. I just it, it's I've I've heard that a lot. It's one of those things that I heard a lot, and it sounds really really good until you scratch the surface just a little bit. Yeah. Um, that and a lot of times people tie the Nephilim in Genesis six to the Nephilim in Numbers thirteen, and I'm like, well, you understand you can't have that because. 
there was a great flood in which Noah and his family, eight souls were saved. That means if there were Nephilim on the earth, all they, all of them died. And you would then have to assume that there was a second time that angels mated with humans. That's why the comment there about the, the somebody, one of them was on board the, the ark type. That, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, again, that's more, that's more yeah. assumptions. Um, yeah, angels can appear as mortal beings. They can't eat, sleep, or walk or talk. So why not have relations with women? Well, again, that's just that. That's an assumption. They're they're not physical beings. Yeah. They appear as. So there, there's you. You have to make so many assumptions. So if they can't, well, they can eat. They can sleep. They can walk. How do you know that? Like, you know, yeah, you know, the more how, thought, how do you know what they were doing was eating and sleeping and walking? How do you know? How do you know that what they were doing wasn't the appearance of? I don't know if everybody who believes that theory will say this, but I've read some that do that basically make it out like this was the ultimate reason why man became so corrupt and God destroyed the earth. And to me, that's very puzzling and contradictory. Oh, why yeah. would God destroy all of mankind? For something because, angels Because did. angels <laughs> raped or tricked or for whatever humans yep. to have sex and have children. And like, why yeah. is God going to destroy all of man? Like angels are, what's the word? Urethial beings. They're ethereal. Ethereal. Thank you. They're ethereal. <laughs> They're ethereal beings. Like, like. They have powers we don't have, but God's going to destroy all of mankind because angels who have that ability, supposedly, according to that theory, had children with them and corrupted the earth. How come there's no mention in Genesis 6 through 10, God's going to destroy these angels? Yeah. You know, it, it, God, like I said, it just doesn't pass the sniff test. No. It's you have to assume too many things. Yeah. And again, you also have to deny the simple definition of terms. Yeah. And you have to deny, you know, etymological studies throughout the centuries. Yeah. Then how can we criticize a sinner who says the Bible didn't mean it and then have a, and have a say that, that the Bible doesn't mean giants? Well, first off, that's a, a rather uninformed false binary there. Um, First off, you have to define your terms. Giants. Yeah. What are giants? There, there were giants in Goliath because God allowed within the DNA of human beings to be really tall. That, yeah. That, not because angels had sex with humans. That, yeah. Again, you, uh, in order for this to be true, it all hinges on too many assumptions. Number one, angels have to actually be able to inseminate humans and that the progeny of that union first off has to be viable second has to that 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 spiritual power has to be able to be transferred through biological means yeah yeah. Was Goliath a giant or a mighty man of valor? Yeah, I'm not answering that. That's a that's a not a that's not a good question. Ask a better question. Yeah. 
define giant. Yeah. That's the thing. And again, it is impossible. Again, in, in order for you to say that Goliath had to be a descendant of these, of this, of this Genesis six, <coughs> that one of them had to be on the boat. I'm like, that's, that's the height of foolishness right there. Like, that's just pure ex. That's just pure eisegesis. Like you, yeah, that's, um, maybe, like maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculing your position because your position is ridiculous. Yeah. Giant is a tall person or other being. Yeah. So no, then by that definition, no, Goliath was not a giant, but he was tall. You're right. He was nine feet tall. Yeah. But if, but if giant to you is only a tall person or other being, then no, Goliath does not fit that bill of a giant. He can be described as one who is giant. If all you're talking about is size, but he was much more than just size. He was a giant in his reputation. He was a giant in his physical prowess. He wasn't an other being. No, he, he was not. He was not anything other than 100% human. Yeah. And again, in, in, in order to, I mean, if he was an angel or a product of or an a angel, half a human, angel. how did, yeah. How did David just kill him with a physical rock? I, that, that well, make, so you got it. You got to make more assumptions. Yeah. You have to. Well, it was, it was, it, it was a miraculous thing. God blessed the rock and it got special powers in order to kill him. Like every, you cannot hold that position without assumptions. I tell you the position you can hold with no assumptions. Yeah. All right. In Genesis six, you had brute men who took the daughters of Eve. The daughter, what's it say? I can't remember. Uh, the sons uh, of God saw the daughters of men. Yeah. The daughters of men. Sorry. I'm, I'm bringing in language from the Chronicles of Narnia. Anyway, <laughs> You had the, the sons of God. Good story. It is. Yeah. The <laughs> sons of God looked at the daughters, looked at the daughters it, of man. The yeah. Sons that's of Genesis six, two. And it says, and they took them wives of all they chose, but Jesus said, angels don't marry. So how could it be angels? Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's the thing. A contradiction. So, well, let's just, let's just break this down real quick and then we'll, we'll shut her down. Um, Genesis six, but yeah, I don't, it just, that, that whole, it's just foolish. So, way, um, way too and many it came, assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. Way too many assumptions. Let, let me, let me read it and I'll bring this out. And it came to pass when the men, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, that daughters were born to them. So these are human women. The sons of God saw the daughters of men. All right. Now sons of God versus daughters of men. You have. Uh, they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that. He also is flesh. And yet his days be 120 years. There were giants in the earth. Now here's, here's where your, here's where your issue is with giants. It's, it's so easy. It's, it's Nephil. It's properly a feller that is a bully or a tyrant. It is negative. All right. Now there is a related term that is positive. 
All right. We're going to search the old Testament for the word giant. And let me see. Yeah. Rafa. Okay. Now. And oh man, Ish Ishbanab, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight. He being girded with a new sword thought to have slain David. All right. So this word giant here is Rafa, which means tall. All right. It's used two times in scripture and it's the same as Raphaim, which is used 25 times in scripture. Uh, Genesis 15, 20 and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Raphames. So there was a group of people that were named. And when you look at the etymology of that term, they were named the tall people, the, the, the large people. All right. I mean, that's so simple. In order for somebody to believe that these Nephilim in Genesis 6 had blood lineage all the way to Goliath or all the way to the book of Numbers even, you have to put one on the ark. Or you have to have two instances where ethereal beings mated with worldly beings and produced progeny where their spiritual power passed through DNA. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just dumb. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. It's, it's too many assumptions. It doesn't explain anything. And the, the, the better one is, and, and there's a good question. What gender are angels? The fact is they're not, yep. they appear as men. Yeah. I think like I, everything you said, amen. And like I mentioned, Genesis 6, 2, if the sons of God there are angels and the daughters of men are humans, it says that they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. But Jesus said they don't get married. Yeah. Uh, that, that That's a problem, too. Somebody can say, well, that's in the resurrection. That I don't buy that. The angels are the way they are now, the way they'll be in the resurrection.